Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues here on American Family Radio. For this Wednesday, May the 26th, we thank you for listening to AFR. Joining me to co-host today is Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. And Fred Jackson. Yes, good morning again, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. My hockey uh, team won last night. Uh, which would be the Chicago Blackhawks? No, uh, no, they're not even in the playoffs. So I thought I had that to, was your I, hockey team. I had to pick another team, though, for Oh, the okay. Toronto. Okay, Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto Maple See, Leafs. I'm telling you, there you go. Fist bump for Tim. I am proud of you, Tim. Oh, listen, he's he's I, he's getting close enough to the yeah. river uh, riverbank. He's going to fall in. <laughs> <laughs> I even watched some <clears throat> hockey the other day. Yeah, I was texting you guys. You were already yeah. in bed, Fred. It was seven thirty. <laughs> and um, <laughs> but Ed responded. That's right. And I, I told him. Uh, I told him. Uh, this is a lot of white-on-white white violence here. Well, uh, that was the – what game was that? There were, like, five members of each team in the penalty box? White-on-white white crime. Yeah, was that uh, Nashville? Was that Nashville? Uh... No, it was, the, it was the Islanders and the Penguins. Oh, yeah, Islanders yes. and Penguins. They do not like each other, brother. I figured – I don't know if this is common in the NHL during playoffs games, but they, they were they, – for those who don't follow hockey, if you, you know, most sports – have benches that are on the opposite sides of the uh, court or the field. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, in, in uh, professional hockey, the benches are like 10 feet apart. Yes. <laughs> and so these guys are, have their heads out over the uh, rail yelling at each other, like 10, you uh-huh. know, like 10, maybe a little bit further than that, maybe 15 feet apart. And, and they were not inviting each other to Christmas no, uh, parties. No. Many know. a fight has been set up with them yelling at each, each other. other. Next yes. shift on the ice, right, we yes. go. They step on the ice <laughs> and, and drop and, the gloves. And if they miss that game getting into it, yeah, they'll wait till the next time they play them. And they're at the face-off, the opening yeah. face-off, and they'll look at each other. Off go the gloves. <laughs> you you want to go? I this got, is a, this right, is a month ago. A yeah. month ago. <laughs> I used to describe hockey as football on ice, no. but I'm changing my opinion. Yeah. I think hockey is actually rugby on ice is what it That's is. That's probably closer. Uh, That's now, they do closer. have pads, but those guys have to be the – Which rugby is a tough sport. As too. they say, toughest son of a guns in all of sports right there. It's called Donnie Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're called. Donnie is that where Bro- that came from? Donnie Brooks. Donnie Brooks. Yep. All right. Well, uh, we thank you for joining us. Ed, tell folks how they can join us on that there internet. Yes, if you would like to watch us do radio, you can simply go to either Facebook or YouTube, search for Today's Issues, that's the name of this show, and click through and you can watch us on air. You can also listen to the show show live streamed. Next time, maybe if you're not in your car, you want to listen inside your house, whatever, you don't have a radio, quote unquote, inside there, you can simply go to AFR.net. We live stream the audio of our programming at AFR.net, or you can download the AFR app onto your phone or other portable device and listen wherever you have good internet. 
Fred, what's leading the news this morning? Well, let's kind of go back to something we talked a little bit about yesterday, and that the realization now with regards to how the coronavirus evolved. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, when it was first talked about that the it came out of the uh, Wuhan lab. Remember, it was all dismissed. Uh, I think maybe, Tim, you mentioned yesterday how the Washington Post fact checker had gone back to look at how it went from conspiracy theory to being fact. You know, one of the things I, I was looking at that story this morning, and it's about eight pages long, Senator Tom Cotton, Republican Senator Tom Cotton, in January 30th, 2020, he was the first to come out and say, speaking at Senate Armed Services Committee hearing, says, coronavirus is a catastrophe on the scale of Chernobyl, but actually it's probably worse than Chernobyl, which was localized in its effect. Coronavirus could result in a global pandemic. Tom Cotton, January 20th, 2020, said that. He was a prophet. He was a prophet. Mm -hmm. He said that in January? January 30th, 2020. And remember, that's... Listen, uh, the bottom line in all of this, and the other story this morning is Biden's State Department quietly shut down team probing the COVID origin. Mm -hmm. This is politics. I, I think going back in the early stages, Democrats, the media did not want to give credit to then-President Donald Trump, who was one of the first to say, called it the Wuhan virus, came from that lab. Came from China. Came from China. Exactly. China virus. And he was roundly condemned. They didn't want to know the truth back then. And I'm say they, the Democrats, they, the mainstream media, because they wouldn't want to give any credibility to Donald Trump. But now here we are, 14 months later, 15 months later, all of a sudden, even the Washington Post, mm-hmm. and they do a good job of going through the chronology of all of this, and it's absolutely amazing how it was all dismissed for months. Now, all of a sudden, the proof is there. And obviously, the Washington Post is a liberal publication. Very much also, so. Also, uh, I'm going to give my once-a-decade kudos to CNN right here. Hmm. <laughs> uh, so don't expect it the rest of the 2020s, whatever <laughs> okay. we're in here. Is that what we're in? Yes. Okay. Uh, they reported, and I don't know. I don't know if they broke the story, but uh, this is I saw where they reported about what you just said, which is a very important story. I hope it's not a one-day story. Mm-hmm. The Biden administration shut down the uh, investigation that the State Department, our State Department, under the direction then of Mike Pompeo, correct, was doing to find out what the origins uh, to, uh, to 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 get the goods on. China mm-hmm. for this coming from the Wuhan lab. Yes. Uh, that is the COVID-19, which, you know, became a pandemic. Uh, and what the C- what CNN is reporting is that uh, Biden shut, shut that investigation down, which mm-hmm. you just said a few minutes mm-hmm. ago, but that's, that, that's to your point. I don't think the Biden administration wanted to know. No, because, uh, they didn't want to have to be openly and publicly critical of communist China. That's my yes. take on this. Yes. Yeah, that and as Fred said, I mean, I think I think you have these are two sides of the same coin. Uh, as Fred mentioned, can you have that? You can have two, two sides, sides of the, of the, same, the same coin. Yes. Okay. Two heads, sides. Heads and tails. Two different. Yeah. Two different sides of the same coin. Heads okay. And tails, two yeah. different sides. Two different. Yes. Okay. 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. I interrupted your. No, I, I, what I was going to say is I think it's both. I think the Biden administration wanted to move away from the confrontational approach to China that the Trump administration had begun, and they wanted to distance themselves from all things Trump. Yep. So uh, now those two are related because the Trump, it was the Trump administration that confronted China. So if you're going to distance yourself from Trump, you'll distance yourself from that. But in terms of the uh, the Wuhan virus, Mm -hmm. this uh, virus that uh, stemmed from a leak possibly out of the Wuhan Institute of Virology, uh, that is, uh, I I think, is going to come out to be what we've all suspected to be the way it happened. Mm -hmm. It didn't it didn't jump from a from a dead bat or a live bat to people. This was from the Wuhan lab. Mm-hmm. They were experimenting. We have yet to find out if they were, in terms of follow the money, absolutely getting American dollars to conduct this research because it was illegal here in this country. But it is clear that this Trump derangement syndrome is was also a pandemic for four years, <laughs> from not, you know from twenty sixteen to twenty twenty. Anything Trump said or did, mm-hmm. the Democrats and the news media took the opposite position. Right. Yes. Kind of like, you know, kids, siblings, when they fight, whatever whatever he says, right. she says the opposite. Just yes. to, And as I said yesterday, I wonder where we will be a year from now in the story about uh, auditing elections and ballots and all that sort of thing. I think we're just seeing the door crack open. Right. In Georgia, in uh, Arizona, in Wisconsin, where we're starting to see where judges are allowing, let's go back and have a look at these ballots. Yeah. I wonder a year from now if we're going to be sitting here and saying, you know, President Trump was right. There was a lot of nonsense that went on in the 2020 election. Right. It's going to be very interesting. And and that, if, if, that, if both of these things happen, mm. as you're suggesting the... Uh, the examination, further examination, or in some cases, beginnings of an examination mm-hmm. of the election of 2020, you you are going to see the, the trust in the media drop into the nether regions. <laughs> That's because right. it's going to become clear mm-hmm. that the majority of the main, mainstream media were partisan yes. to the max. Yes. That they were operating as the media arm of the Democratic Party mm-hmm. without a concern for the truth. Yes. And that is going to damage them for a, for a decade or more. Well, I'm still reading Associated Press stories today when they mention Trump and the 2020 election always say the false assertions of former President Trump. Pretty Any reference back to the 2020 election, that's put it, the false they're stating that as fact, right. but it's all false. Right. And the, bi- the big lie. The big calling. lie. Yeah. All, all right, right. What else? Uh, we had uh, two seconds of silence there. We can move <laughs> on to the next story, Fred. <laughs> next story. So there's some separation there. <laughs> you, you may uh, remember that yesterday President Joe Biden had the family of George Floyd in at the White House, and they, Nancy Pelosi had them over at the Capitol. And yesterday was the one-year anniversary of the death of George Floyd there in Minneapolis. 
And uh, it it was very interesting, uh, the statement that came out from, uh, from President Biden, uh, the official uh, statement from the president read this, quote, his murder, referring to George Floyd, launched a summer of protest we hadn't seen since the civil rights era in the 60s. Protests that peacefully unified people of every race and generation to collectively say enough of the senseless killings. Peaceful protests over the last year? Who said that? President Joe Biden. Now, there were some peaceful protests last summer. By that, I mean those marches that took place right. for a week or two or so across the country where where they were mostly peaceful. You had millions of people involved in those. And they were basically racial reconciliation uh, type of uh, statements. But we all know that uh, the riots and the looting and the burning down of uh, buildings took place in, in the big cities all over America, blocks and blocks. Jan Markell's come on and talk about how she doesn't think Minneapolis will ever be the same. Five blocks were destroyed. Five bis- blocks in Minneapolis. In Minneapolis. You know, Chicago, Portland, Seattle, uh, uh, L.A., New York. Uh, I don't know if it took place in Atlanta, but anyway, <clears throat> so a lot of BLM, Antifa-led violence the last summer. Cops were... Killed, hurt, maimed. I remember we had caught National Guard in a lot of these places. Cops, uh, cops were killed in Dallas. Yes, remember? yes, mm-hmm. yes. That, that kind of assault. Yes. Here, here, here's my question, and uh, I don't know how. Anyway, I asked you guys this morning at our uh, meeting preparing for this program, uh, I, I don't think George Floyd's the kind of fella you want to – lift up as some kind of a hero okay uh now he's a human being and he had a he had a he was he i had read different accounts of his life he had been involved in all kind of bad crime and stuff when he lived in houston uh he was a drug addict he in fact he was high as a kite on fentanyl when he died uh and he was a felon he had been in prison i mean this guy this guy made a lot of bad life choices, okay, along the way. It's not to say he couldn't, uh, you know, I, I'd read another account where, you know, he had been involved in some Christian uh, groups, ministry counseling, trying to get help, trying to get his life back in order, but I guess couldn't get back out of that uh, drug addiction lifestyle. <clears throat> this is what I've read about him. Now, the, the, the felony part count, I was shocked because uh, – he was arrested and put in prison in Houston for going into a house, I think with some other person, and pointing a gun at a pregnant lady's belly while the while the house was robbed. Y'all know do you know yes, what I'm talking right. about? I mean, so that was never brought up. It's not shoplifting. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean, this guy was a bad dude, okay? In many respects. So <clears throat> it's, it's tragic that he lost his life. He wouldn't have lost his life had he not been fighting the cops for 30 minutes leading up to uh, uh, Chauvin, Officer yeah. Chauvin, uh, having his knee on uh, Floyd's neck for 
10 or 11 minutes or something. And he's being punished for that. Obviously, in the legal system, you can see that. My point is that this is not Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. No. Assassinated, okay? This is a, a, a guy who uh, um, should not be held up as some kind of a hero. Uh, he, he should not be. That's why I don't understand exactly why I do understand. I'm not going to be coy with you here, even though I can be. <laughs> Uh, I do understand, uh, but I don't understand the point of Joe Biden, the president of the United States, meeting with the family of George Floyd. Because it went to the narrative of the left coming out of this. You've got to remember that the death of George Floyd, if it had anything to do with a racial motivation by the police, that would have been brought out at the trial of Chauvin. Racist. The word racist was never brought up in that trial. They didn't charge Chauvin with a hate crime. No hate right. crime. Because the, the liberal attorney general of, of Minnesota said we couldn't find any evidence that this was a hate crime or they had any prejudice against uh, George Floyd because he was black. Yes. That was never even a part of the trial. That's right. And yet, and yet that, that's why, so, but yet this has all become all about racism. Um, yeah, it's, it's all... Yeah. Go, Go ahead. ahead. No, I was going to say, we have a cut here from Leo Terrell, who's an African-American civil rights uh, uh, lawyer. He says that Biden and the left have played the race card and lied about George Floyd. Cut seven. In the murder case, it was a murder case involving the death of George Floyd. Not once was race mentioned in that courtroom. And the man was, the officer was found guilty. You can't tell that to the Democrats. They have used the George Floyd case as an example that white officers are out to kill black suspects, as if it's the 1940s and 1950s. That is a lie. The Biden administration has seized upon that, invited the George Floyd family into the White House, but they ignore black-on-black crime. They ignore David Dorn, who a retired police officer who was murdered during the summer riots. They play the race card to give this false image that there is a war on black men by the police department. That is a lie. Well, David Dorn, he was a black officer. Yes, in St. Louis. Yeah, and he was killed. So, he, but just to clarify, I think he was a security guard at the time, but he was formerly a okay. police officer. All right. So this is all about narrative because the American, the American political uh, landscape is no longer about logic. It's no longer, I should say, primarily. It's no longer primarily about making your argument and discourse. It is about feelings. And it is about the far left stoking the feelings and the emotions of their foot soldiers. Because that is what, what they're after is radical change in our constitutional republic. And you're not going to get that with arguments. You're not going to get that with discussions about policy. You're going to get that. Or facts with, or statistics. Or facts. Or sti- yeah. You're going to get it with emotion. Raw emotion, especially the, the emotions that get your blood boiling, okay, anger, hatred, revenge, and that's why it doesn't matter that the George Floyd case is not about race. What is important is the narrative that America is systemically racist as evidenced by racist cops, therefore, dot, dot, dot. 
Mm. We've got to make big changes in America. I'm just waiting for the Biden administration to announce when they're going to build a monument to George Floyd in D.C. I mean, this is this seems where this is headed. Uh, that may not be an exaggeration at no, all. Th- that's what I'm wondering. What are you talking to the Floyd family about yesterday? Yeah. Well, so it's got to be systemic White House. racism. Huh? Systemic racism. That's That's the narrative. <clears throat> anyway, I, I just, I just, uh, I do understand the point because it's it, the point is what you just said. Uh, but because logically there is no point to meet with George Floyd's family, uh, because there's nothing to talk about. Okay. We have a police officer who's in trouble and maybe multiple police officers who's in serious trouble in court. Well, he was convicted, right? Right. Now, whether that'll be overturned going forward, I don't know. But uh, of of excessive force against a criminal, and the criminal died. I'm sad to say. Hate for anybody to lose their life. Uh, but that's to me, that's the end of the story. The system worked. The system worked. That's right. the end of the story. And that and and uh, police are confronting people every day, all day, all over America. Some of them resist arrest and they lose their life. Mm-hmm. So I just, I think it's an over, um, it's an, uh, I don't know what, an overreach by the left to keep on lifting up George Floyd as some kind of national hero. Um, so there you go. That's my, that's my point of view. Barry <laughs> from Kirby Anderson. Go ahead, Fred. Well, uh, in, in somewhat related to that, uh, we have this announcement yesterday from our Secretary of State, uh, Antony Blinken, that he is giving permission to embassies, U.S. embassies around the world, to fly the Black Lives Matter group's flag. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization that, Supposedly, the media will defend because they say Black Lives Matter, BLM, is out there fighting for uh, against racism. But what actually they're about is Marxism. Their leaders, as we have reported many times, are confessed Marxist. Right. So now our Secretary of State is saying we're going to proudly fly their flag at our embassies around the world. Now, is that for a period of time, or is that just permanently? Do you know? I, I did not see any kind of uh, for a week or two weeks or three weeks. I guess it would depend on whoever the ambassador was, whoever's yes. at that embassy. They He's would... leaving it up to the local ambassadors. I, listen, I, have, I, I could be wrong. I've never heard of an instance in which a private nonprofit organization had their flag flown on U.S. embassies. Yeah. I mean, I just have never heard of it. No. Now, I have heard, obviously, with uh, the Biden administration, maybe the Obama administration, too, uh, June is, quote-unquote, Gay Pride Month. Yes. Them flying the uh, rainbow flag. Yes. For that, but yeah, this for is the a LGBT pride. pride. Yes, flag. It's the LGBT pride, pride, pride flag. Okay, according to Fox News, uh, similar to the BLM banner, the Secretary of State Anthony Blinken also previously authorized embassies to fly the LGBTQ pride flag from May 17th through the end of June. They're getting a head start. They got right. a head start in reckoning it because June's a quote Pride Month. 
in recognition of Pride Month celebration. So, but Black Lives mm. Matter, that's a private organization. I, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, well, I think they would probably view that as a cause. Yes, it's a private organization, but they would probably view that as uh, promoting the sentiment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Black Lives Matter. I'm just, I'm just. Well, all I, I'm I, saying I, is, I, I've never, I've right. never, I don't remember right. an instance when a private nonprofit organization got their flag flown on, at the. So let me embassies. see. Right now, we got the Amer- at, at, at embassies, we got the American flag, the LGBT flag, and now Black Lives Matter. We're going to run out of poll space. Yeah. <laughs> On the next Today's Issues. We appreciate hearing from you. You can send us an email at comments at AFR.net. I pastor a small church, so I have to have a full-time job on the side. Uh, when I try to feed the flock, y'all feed me, and I thank God for y'all. If you want to uh, watch the show live, you can go to Facebook or YouTube. Just type in Today's Issues, and you can also access the stories that we talk about. Don't miss the next Today's Issues. Weekday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 Central on American Family Radio. What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God? After two years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. There are only two sexes, male or female. If you're conceived with a Y chromosome, you will develop into a male. In His Image is a documentary featuring life-changing testimonies of former LGBT individuals. In my most formative years of development of sexuality, I went through a brutal time of uh, sexual distortion, molestation. Visit InHisImage.movie to watch In His Image. Well, everybody, welcome to this unboxing video as we unbox. My hormone blockers. In His Image from American Family Studios is available now for free viewing. Visit inhisimage.movie. You're made in the image of God. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Are you in the midst of your college search? We invite you to explore Liberty University this spring at one of our on-campus events. Spend a few hours exploring campus at Tour LU, dig deeper, and learn more about life at Liberty during Experience OU. Or you can take your next steps towards training for your dream career on a world-class campus by meeting with faculty and department heads and getting your questions answered at DecideLU. Learn more about these visiting opportunities and register today by texting VISIT to the number 49596. Again, that's VISIT to the number 49596. A once-beloved and well-respected Christian ministry is facing a giant scandal. Campus Crusade for Christ, now known as CREW, has been overrun by social justice warriors infecting the organization with critical race theory. Campstone Report first obtained a copy of an explosive internal report documenting how CREW has elevated ethnic identity over the gospel message. The ministry's training seminars promote anti-white and anti-American rhetoric, including a book on white fragility written by Robin D'Angelo. During one cultural training seminar, staffers were shamed for their support of President Trump. One crew worker, a 49-year veteran, said he left one training seminar feeling like he was automatically being judged as a racist because he's a white guy. Campus Crusade confirmed to me the authenticity of the document, but denied their mission had been compromised. The facts say otherwise. I'm Todd Stearns. Thanks for listening to American Family Radio. Here's a thought from Scripture. Jesus said, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. 
Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Go ahead, Ed. Come on, like, go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm, I started laughing about something. Yeah, I know. It was a private thought I had, and I can't. You can't, can't collect I'm, yourself. I'm, I might have to collect myself. Okay. All right, Fred. Just, Fred, okay. why don't you go ahead and. Fred, now you're doing it. Well, I'll tell you this. Laughing we, we contagious. Were, we, we, were, we were looking. I won't give yes. the whole Please conversation. Please tell them what triggered this. Yeah, we were looking at. A, we have the television inside the studio. Newsmax television is playing. And they had a story on there that said that human beings can live to 150. At which point I thought, why would I want to live to 150? <laughs> and 150. No, and then they showed a picture of what we'd look like at 150. <laughs> and I'm going, I do not want to look like that. No, if I have to, even if I have to trade 50 years. <laughs> I used to be know? able to, on Saturdays, go outside and work all day long, come in at four or five and shower. And now three hours, I'm good. <laughs> And at 150, I'll be out there for 10 minutes. So, no thank you. No, no thank to, you to 150. No thank you to 150. So, anyway, folks. All right. That's what we were laughing at. So, yeah, Fred. I got caught back. You know, it's time to come back on the radio, and I started laughing. Yes, that's right. And you're eating popcorn. It's a, it's a terrible yeah, There's just so many funny things happening in the world, isn't there? <laughs> oh, it's, it's just a hilarious. More fun it's than a barrel, barrel full of monkeys. Huh? All right. All right. Hey, Good. Brent, Brent, Brent Creeley. Hey, Brent. Get the microphone there for a minute. You got your, uh, you got punked on gas prices in Florida, didn't you, Brent? I did. Yeah, I did. You thought for I a minute they've been jacked up. Well, I had a family member that oh. is in. That's your first problem, right there. That's <laughs> when you have to say about something that you don't believe, I had a family member, and then then fill in a blank. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, they sent a picture of gas prices and. Um, Gas was nine dollars a gallon, and it showed a picture of diesel fuel at ten dollars a gallon. Yeah, I was like, "There's no way." In the Pensacola area. In the Pensacola area. So anyway, he turned around. He said, "Another two ninety nine to three hundred five or something." Which is bad enough. Right. 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 Yesterday, I filled up my van, and it was it was a it was, and I know everybody's experiencing this. I'm not telling anybody that thing they don't know, but it was ten dollars more. To fill up. Now, I did fill up, and it was empty to full, but it was $10 more for my uh, – you guys experience that? Oh, yeah. Or, oh, yeah. No, it's, uh, I it's paid – I, I spent $40 filling up my vehicle the other day. That's the most I've had to spend in a number of years, actually. Yeah. <laughs> do y'all do, do like me when this happens, and it gets to about 32, <laughs> and I start going – Stop. I start talking to the gas pump. Hey, stop it. 36. Is my gas tank got a leak? 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42. Yeah. You start, you start looking underneath the car. See if it's, yeah. What's going Don't on? Smell here? gas. Huh? All right, Fred, go ahead. Thanks, Joe Biden. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. Thank you, yes. President Biden. Biden's America. Let's cut off our energy. 
Just drive oil right. and gas. They hey, at least the Russians. You know what Joe at Biden least, said the other day? If you want cheap gas, go to Russia. <laughs> <laughs> or Germany. <laughs> or Germany. We're selling it cheap there. We're talking about the pipeline that's going in from Russia to Germany. <laughs> what other pipelines can I shut down, says Biden? Yep. Well, I don't want to shut down Putin's pipeline, right, Fred? That's right. Yeah. Keep it All right. Fun. What else you got? I just want to tip of the hat to Tennessee. There's a lot of good things happening. I'm talking public policy yeah. in Tennessee. Yeah. The latest being the governor, Governor Governor Lee up there, signed into law legislation this week that bans critical race theory teaching in public schools. Hey, listen, kudos, kudos to those folks. The new legislation, which takes effect July 1st, doesn't allow state educators to teach that, quote, an individual by virtue of the individual's race or sex is inherently privileged, racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously or subconsciously, end quote. And to put some teeth in this law, schools found to be in violation of the law could have their funding withheld. You know, one of the things that's great about this law, because it, it is this is a great approach in Tennessee, like you said, kudos to that state. One of the things this is going to do is if you don't have a law like this and you're a parent of a student who is at a public school and they come home complaining that, hey, I'm, I'm we're being taught in our class that all white people are racist and they can't change and they have white privilege. What do I do? Parents, a lot of parents are going to say, let's just ignore it. Mm. But since this law, you're going to have those parents saying, oh, no, you don't. Yeah. It's against the law. You can't do that. They're more likely to confront the school Absolutely. when their kids come home and say, so-and-so teacher is teaching this. They go to the principal, and the principal has to respond. If I was a parent living in Tennessee right now, I would get a copy of this law, yep. and I would have it in my house so that if little Johnny or Jane comes home, Talking about what you're, you know, just what the teacher said in class today, Mom. You know, here, here's a, I'm going to make a copy of the law. You take that to the teacher. Yes. And you show it to them. I don't want to hear about it again. And give a copy to the principal. Do it respectfully. Right. Give a copy to the principal and also send a copy to the school district board, the uh, school board. Well, I think the fact that our, since our American kids are just excelling over all the other children, uh, you know, and in, in, in all the subject matter, we can move on to spend a couple hours on something like this. <laughs> Don't you think? Right, because they, in terms of chemistry and yeah, English science and, and math, history and math, we're just tearing we're it killing up. it. Yeah, <laughs> we're killing it. Uh, what were you? You were going to say? Well, ask me a question. Then? Well, I was going. I was going to ask you a question, and uh, now I forget. So, well, you come back to it. I'll, it'll, it'll it'll circle. It, I'll circle back. You circle back. I'll circle yeah. back. Jinsaki, circle back. Um, the other part of this story is that this movement, there's now what I think three other states that have similar laws as Tennessee. Uh, Ryan Kurdoski uh, heads up what's called the 1776 Project PAC. And what they are doing is going across the country and checking out where critical race theory is being taught. And one of the things they're doing is encouraging people in a given school district Mom and Dad, you're concerned about this. You ought to run for office. Next time there's a school board election, you run for office. That's cut number 10, Brent. 
You tell your child, trust your teacher. And then your teacher is telling you things like the police are systemically racist, that our country is systemically racist, that if you're white, you are born racist, you will be racist your entire life, and your parents are racist. And if you are not white, you are held back by the system created by our founding fathers. That is what you're told from an early age. That is not a matter of having a, a fair playing field. That's brainwashing children. And I'm sorry, these are state schools. These are taxpayer-funded schools. They should teach things that promote patriotism. There you have it. I, I remember what I was going to say. Okay. And it is still related mm-hmm. to this story, Tim. You, you've said on a number of occasions that what we're seeing is red states fighting back against the radical policies of the Biden administration when the Biden administration and President Joe Biden, they are trying to to enforce a quote-unquote progressive slash secular slash Black Lives Matter approach to public schooling and in other areas too. You're now starting to see red states fight back. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think it's a good thing because this is more along the lines of what our founders envisioned in terms of the separation of powers. And I'm happy to see it. Amen. Is Absolutely. that a question for me or just a statement? No, it was just a tip of the hat to you. Okay. As well. Yeah. Go ahead. Yes. Homeland Security Secretary uh, Mayorkas. Uh, I'm not sure if he gave an interview. I think it was to the Washington He's Post. He's right up there with Fauci in my mind. <laughs> yes. I mean, they're they're running neck and neck and who has the least credibility. <laughs> they're in a competition. Yeah. He is saying that he is reviewing the whole role of Immigration and Customs Enforcement, better known as ICE. Now, we already know that it is his policy, the Biden administration's policy. Basically, we've removed the border, our southern border. It's wide open. Hundreds of thousands of people coming in. But now what Mayorkas is talking about is moving forward that he believes that ICE agents should have a whole new role, which doesn't involve enforcement. Basically, that's the bottom line in all of this. And when I hear uh, somebody of his stature, a, a cabinet secretary, use this kind of language that they're studying, they're looking at, they've already made up their mind. I mean, that's where they are. Tom Holman uh, was on Fox and Friends this morning. He's a former acting ICE director. Have a listen to what he has to say about where things are headed. Cut eight. I think immigration enforcement is going to be completely off the table. I mean, it already is. You can be an illegal alien in this country. Walk up to an ICE agent today and tell them, I'm here illegally. I entered the country illegally last year. A judge ordered me to, to leave. I didn't leave. What are you going to do about it? ICE officers can no longer enforce immigration law. Being here illegally is no longer illegal in the eyes of this administration. Illegal immigration is no longer a priority of this administration. I think they're going to continue that where they're going, you know, and what a bad message to send the rest of the world, especially with the border crisis, is that even if you turn yourself in the border patrol, even if you lose your case, get order removed, no one's going to remove you because you're no longer a priority for this administration. And let's be honest, this started before... Joe Biden became president. Before he was inaugurated. It, it, right? Yes, or, before yeah. he became president with Democrat-controlled sanctuary cities. Yes. Remember oh, what yeah. they said to ICE? We're not going to cooperate with you anymore. If we have somebody in our custody who we know is in the country illegally, we're not going to notify you. Listen, uh, we've talked about this. Is the expression ad nauseum? Yes. That's, that's, Does that mean I'm getting nauseated from talking about it? 
Is yeah, that I think it same? means like unto getting nauseous. Okay, ad nauseum. Yes. It doesn't mean you add nauseum to it. No, it's Latin. Emot- uh-huh. okay. It's Latin. So here, here's my point. We talked about this. And I don't know what – the only thing you can do about this is vote for people who want to control the borders. In the meantime, they're flooding in. That's the tragic tragic thing about it is. And, they're, again, million, a million people by the end of the year or more are going to come here illegally. And I don't know how else to say this. Democrats don't care – about this issue. They don't care about the border. And is it fair to say or unfair to say, because I know people vote for candidates for different reasons. People vote Democrat for reasons. They vote Republican for reasons. And there's there's oftentimes multiple reasons for that. But this is a big issue, and I can't help but say this. Uh, Our fellow Americans who vote for Democrats in Washington, including the White House, they don't care about people flooding here illegally, at least enough to vote against it. So that's a real problem when we have half of our fellow Americans who don't care about borders. And I don't know what you do about that, because I don't see that anywhere in the world uh, other than the U.S. Does Canada care? About who comes into their country, Fred? Oh, absolutely. Do, do Canadians care? Yes. You, you know, absolutely. you know the only the only nations where you don't see this, where, where you also see this happening, are failed states. You, if if a country is not a failed state, it is a functioning nation state. It doesn't have this issue. Only failed states do. Because they can't defend their borders. Well, uh, so so what we have here is a a, uh, a functioning state operating like a failed state. Well, a a country is defined by its borders. That's how you define a country, right? Yeah, you know that's that's why we we supposedly have restrictions when you. And in our case, it's just the southern border. If I was to go to Seattle today and drive 100 miles north up to British Columbia, I would be stopped and I would be checked. I would have to show a passport. What I, what I can't understand is where the Biden administration is coming from. They know this is a crisis. They know it's a crisis on a our million, southern border. A million border. people? A, yeah. A million people flowing into this country now they're not even checking. It's criminals, as we reported earlier this week. It's not only people coming from Mexico and Guatemala. No. It's people coming from all over the world. It's become a it's a travel industry. It's a cottage industry. Now we've reported. We aren't the only ones reporting on this. People are coming from all, literally all over the world, flying to Mexico, paying the money to get to the border, and then walking in. Yep. Well, and, and what what this gentleman is saying, who is a former. Is he border controller ICE? Oh, he's former ICE um, director. Yeah. Former ICE director is saying out loud that ICE can, uh, can no longer do their job. Nope. Will not be allowed to. Will not be allowed to. So they're de facto shut down, which is what AOC and the squad and them wanted all along. So, and you got to remember, too, that Biden is now putting tens of thousands of children 
on airplanes and buses and, and shipping them around the country. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes uh, without mayors or governors knowing. You know what happened in Chattanooga? Right. Uh, Ten days ago or so. It was discovered in the middle of the night. They were flying. Listen, these children aren't, aren't to blame by any means. They, need to, they do need to be taken care of. I mean, right. can't starve them out. Uh, it's not their fault. They've been, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? They're yeah. not adults making a conscious decision. I'm, I'm talking about the minors here, uh, but they are being exploited. But uh, but it's still even the, even if they are children, it's it's morally wrong, uh, if not legally wrong, in my opinion, for a president just to unilaterally decide, hey, uh, ship ten thousand down there to Chattanooga, and lands them at an airport in the middle of the night, puts them on buses, and sends sends them who knows where. Right. And, and the governor of the state of Tennessee has no say in the matter. Right. Yeah. You know. Hmm. So I don't know. Uh, it just. <clears throat> well, I do know that if you vote for Democrats and send them to Washington, especially if you vote for a Democrat for president, you don't believe in borders and, and, and controlling who comes into our country. That's that's the state of the Democrat Party today, and that's and they're proud of it. Right. So uh, I don't I don't know what else to say about it. the only thing you can do is vote in two thousand twenty two two thousand twenty four for uh, for a candidate. Uh, who, like President Trump, who he had full control of the border. President Trump had stopped it. He had worked out deals with Mexico and and some of these other countries, uh, and and it was working fine. And mm-hmm. Biden came in and said, "Was Trump for this?" Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, he was, sir. Well, tear it all down then. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what happened right there. Would he would he finish building the wall? Down there, he finished building Putin's pipeline, <laughs> yeah. but he won't finish building Trump's wall. So anyway, go ahead, Fred. Hey, we have a guest in studio who I've known for a long time. You've known this young man all his life. Yes, let's guess get to uh, Wesley Wildman is in studio uh, with us. Uh, Wesley's vice president of outreach for American Family Association, American Family Radio, and many of you have talked to him or emailed him or texted him. Over the years, Wesley's been uh, in this role for our ministry. Uh, but uh, eight years in August. Eight years. Eight all, years. Eight wow. Eight years in August. It's been that long. Okay. Uh, I can't believe it's been that long already. Yeah. Uh, in case you're wondering, yeah, Wesley's Walker's brother is his oldest brother. But Let's how get many, that clear. How, how old? Oldest brother? Can you, you like that for us? You're like four years older than your yes, brother, right? Four, four years. All right. And y'all all grew up in my house. <laughs> Under your rules, yeah, you and Walker. We got borders and your, and your sister. Yeah. <laughs> and parameters, yeah. We had, borders. we had borders in our house. We did in our yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Wesley. Uh, I wanted you to talk about something you're heading up here locally for the how many years now? This is the second time we've done this. Okay, uh, but, because I, the reason I want you to talk about what you're doing because you are doing this locally. You're heading this up locally. But also, I want people to listen because this this is something I think uh, can be duplicated. Can be duplicated. Churches can take this on. Go ahead. And a big need too. Yes. Yeah, so what are we talking about? We're talking about Men of Honor. It's a local ministry or summer program where we provide Bible teaching, we provide life skills, and we provide food and mentorship for young men without dads. And so, what we'll do is what a what an afternoon would look like. It's once a week. For two months, uh, June and July, it's once a week on a Tuesday from 6 to 7.30. 
We'll come in. We'll eat pizza. We will uh, discuss. We'll have a Bible teaching time where they take notes. We'll have a short period where we have discussion questions to go over the things that we learned in Scripture. And then we'll conclude the evening with the life skills such as how to fill out a job resume, how to fish. Fishing's important, right? We're coming mm-hmm. up on summertime. <laughs> Got to know how to fish. Uh, how, to, how to putt. How to putt. Hey, yeah. look. We may, Hey, look. That's something we can take in. I'll we be can glad take, to demonstrate. We can bring them out to the golf course. <laughs> we, we'll take note for next year. Hey, we'll replace fishing with golf next yeah. year to change it up. Okay. Um, and then we'll go over um, how to cook, how to um, – uh, I mentioned I'd fill out a job resume. We will have um, uh, how to craft some skills. So, you know, how to use a hammer, how ba- to use a basic drill. Basic car ba- uh, uh, maintenance. Oh, car maintenance, how to jump off a car, how to change a tire because you don't want to lift that tire – or, or or jack that tire up without first loosening the lug nuts. That's right. Just think about that for a minute. That's, Those a, that's that are a life lesson that's right a, there. <laughs> yes, it is. That's it a frustrating life lesson <laughs> be a great if you country, get it wrong. Be a great country song, so, too. Uh, uh, is you got to loosen those lug nuts if you're going to move on down life's road. <laughs> you enjoy it? Oh, yeah. No, I'm liking it. So what you got here, you, got your, you meet weekly for eight weeks. Yes. Just for an hour and a half. And the young men that you bring in, uh, that are eligible for this are, are, are young are men without dads. Young men who don't have fathers in the home. They don't have the mentorship. They don't have the the Bible. They don't have the biblical worldview that you would get from a godly spouse. And that's for different reasons. You know, there's a handful of boys signed up whose dads passed away. They never had a dad. Uh, divorced. Uh, passed away. Yep. Uh, whatever the case may be. So you do this for eight weeks. And you 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 fellowship, but and you have a Bible study, and you also teach a life skill. That's right. For these young men and you do this for eight weeks you invest in them yeah, and it was a local event for the first year that was the intentions of it it's, it's afa wanting to make a difference in in the issue or, or be be the solution to the to the issues that we see and that we discuss by providing a program to, because we understand the breakdown of the family and the fatherlessness has resulted in 71 percent of those that are incarcerated are from fatherless homes are you serious that's the number 71 percent. if you were to go to so there's a direct correlation between fatherlessness and imprisonment imprisonment crime rates um poverty abuse all the all, everything that that we look at as an issue is a ripple effect and people's worldview in, in politics and entertainment is a direct correlation to fatherlessness or poor performance in schools well, Yep. All this kind of stuff. Education, for, for, those, for those in uh, for those who live in uh, Northeast Mississippi, uh, this is uh, starting June the eighth at Hope Church in Tupelo, Mississippi. That's right. And how can people and, and people around the country say, you know, I might like to do that in my church or my neighborhood, my community. I would like to know, have a model, uh, look at something. Can they? Is this? Yeah, so what the, what I would recommend there, well, before, before I answer yeah. that question, I do want to add that, it, as, as again, I mentioned it being a local event last year, is AFA's effort to, to be the ground troops and starting locally, and we ended up having two people drive an hour and a half every each week to be a part of it. So that's the reason I wanted to get on the radio and say, hey, if you're Northeast Mississippi, we'd love to have you at Hope Church. You can go to afa.net slash men of honor, afa.net. Slow down. afa.net slash men of honor afa.net slash men of honor or go to afa.net slash events you can find it in both cl- in both places and um, we'll put it up on the today's issues facebook page where'd you, where'd you get this idea by the way well i spent the previous 
eight years serving young men prior to this. So 10 years now of my, of my ministry, adult ministry, I've served young men without dads in other capacities. I worked at a local church uh, doing something similar similar to this. I worked with um, Team Focus. Mike Godfrey. Mike Godfrey. In, Mo- in Mobile. In Mobile, Alabama. Mike Godfrey does what he calls team, what they call Team Focus. They do this, but they do this on a year round. It's a full-time ministry, and it's a lot more um, detailed than this is. This is a summertime program effort that we can – that I can invest in, and so. Um, I mean, yours is one. Yours is once, once a week. week. To, uh, to, folks, you need to check out Team Focus as well. They do. They yeah, do the they, same. They, they do I, summer I've taken camps. some of the. In fact, they've helped me with some right. of this as far as getting some of the right. stuff together. So, uh, all right. Really so go. About so this. go to afa.net slash men of honor to read about it. And right? answer, yeah, and to answer your last last thing to answer your question about what if others wanted to do this in their community. After being on Sandy Rios's program this morning with Fred, uh, I had two people email me, and, and they were they made number eight, number nine people in a local church that wants to do this, and I sent them my formula or my format. Now I took out the dates and you know all the things that wouldn't matter to them, but I gave them it's it's an unofficial curriculum. We don't have that right. yet, but but they wanted it. The layouts we oh we have officers come in that that talk about hey, what, yes. what what does it look like when you get pulled over in a traffic stop. How do you respond? How do you respond? And then that you put yourself in their shoes on a day, and then we get to get in their car and see what they do on a day-to-day basis, some of the calls they get, things like that. So, so great program, great opportunity. Again, it's food and fellowship. What you do in that hour and a half, food, fellowship, uh, a, a Bible mm-hmm. Bible study, Bible study, and then a, uh, a very practical life skill mm-hmm. that these young men uh Ages what? What to what? 7 to 17. And my email is wwildman at afa.net. wwildman at afa.net if you want me to send you the curriculum. wwildman at afa.net. W-I-L-D-M-O-N. And make it easy. afa.net. Yes, thank you, Wesley. Hey, thank you for having me on. Thanks, Wesley. All right, Wesley. we shall take a break right here. Fred, thank you for your contributions. You are welcome. To world peace. <laughs> <laughs> and we shall return momentarily with more of today's issues right here on the American Family Radio Network. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.